And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the only podcast on the internet where I sit down behind a mic and I try to extend it as far as I can because I forgot to do that before. And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. Okay. How do I sound? Everything good? I'm out of breath. I just came back from seeing... <laughs> just came back from seeing Creed 2. Very out of breath. Wonderful film. This morning I woke up. I said, I'm going to go to the movies because I'm not working today. I'm going to go to movies right after I leave the gym. Not right after, you know, of course it gave some time. I'm going to go to the movies after I leave the gym. That's going to, that's going to be my day. Cause it takes a whole time to get over there and they got to, they got to drive back and you got to sit down and watch the movie. Creed two, fantastic film. Great follow up to the wonderful Creed. Speaking of which I watched that movie this morning. <laughs> I watched them both back to back. I urge you to do so. Your body will be filled with so many emotions as mine was. I, the first movie, which I've seen, you know, a dozen times by now, but I, I love the movie to death. I mentioned where I watched the first one three times when it came to Redbox that first week, I watched it three times in one night, which is insane for anybody, for any human being. <laughs> I watched it once at like eight. I watched it again from like 10 to 10 to like one <laughs> I don't know, 1030 to one o'clock. I think that's what it was Then I went, it went to sleep. I woke up. I watched it again before I went back to Redbox to return it. Wonderful film. Uh, Creed two. I, uh, this is the one this is what I, this is, I, I hate when I hate when you, I listen to a lot of podcasts, of course, obviously. And one of the podcasts I listen to is pop culture. Happy hour from NPR. Uh, those people are great. You know, the Steven Thompson and the, the rest of them. <laughs> I don't know these people on this podcast, but those people are great. Greg, Glenn Weldon, those people are wonderful, smart, have a lot to say. I think they're jaded because when they were talking about Creed 2, they were, uh, they had less positive things to say about it than they've said, I don't know, about a Marvel movie or the Mary Poppins movie, uh, that, the episode that just came out today, uh, which is fine. You can have your, you know, you have your likes and your dislikes and stuff, but I, I think one of the things before I get to Creed 2, I think one of the things of criticism, which is why I stopped reviewing things on cpluscomedy.com, which is the only reason why you get just video stuff now, essentially, and interviews, is because with this, uh, with all this stuff, what I'm, I think I'm, one of the one of the topics I'm talking about today is this uh, peak TV stuff, uh, and 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 I'm going to talk about peak TV one more time. <laughs> One more time <laughs> this year. I don't think I talked about it this year. Last year, I talked about it a whole bunch. Uh, or the year before that, there was definitely a lot. But this peak TV stuff and the and then all these movies coming out that are just big blockbusters. You all, the people are in the in the and they only expect one thing. They expect it to be good or bad, and uh, and they go with these expectations and uh, or the lack thereof. And and when these things don't meet their expectations, they're they're hated. Uh, you know, so people can't, it's, it's tough for, it's weird. It's strange because everybody has to be a critic now and everybody has to have their own opinions and make it so easy with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all these other things and YouTube and all these other things and all these other avenues for people to put their opinions out on. 
They have their little followings. <laughs> that's something like I'm taking it away for a little bit. They have their little followings and then uh, they basically just crap on something or they just praise it. Like, you know, they praise, I'm going to take uh, two Ryan Coogler projects. I'm going to take Black Panther and I'm going to take Creed. One of them is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, Dollars to Donuts, one of my favorite movies of all time. The other one is a Marvel movie that ended the same way the first Marvel movie ended with the main hero <laughs> fighting a carbon copy of himself. Uh, and then that is, uh, and you know, you know, these, these things have their merits. These superhero movies have their merits. Uh, black Panther. Yeah. had a, a mostly black cast and mostly black production. Great. Wonderful. Besides that, it's still a boilerplate Marvel movie. And I will say that to my grave. All right. Look at suicide squad. And I'm not saying this is Marvel versus DC, but look at suicide squad. Uh, look at, uh, X-Men days of future past two of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm dead serious when I say that they're both weird. They're both strange. Uh, they both don't make sense. A lot of times they both have glaring issues, gigantic issues, but that is how comic books work. Uh, and I dare you to pick up a comic book from uh, Marvel in DC, uh, or vertigo or literally any one of the other imprints and say, Oh, this doesn't have like, this doesn't have a lot of issues. Cause a lot of comic, uh, like I would say 99% of comic books have issues. Watchmen has Watchmen is one of the best graphic novels of all time. And it has, uh, a lot of a lot of pertinent issues that just don't make sense, <laughs> uh, you know, against uh, women and people of the time. It's just it just doesn't. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. So back to the critics thing. Uh, those critics have become jaded. <laughs> is all I'm gonna say. I think Glenn Weldon will admit that he's been a little bit jaded. <laughs> I don't know these people again, but I've listened to them enough to go to know what they like and to know what they dislike and all that stuff and how they uh, want to be and, and how they, and how they are when it comes to certain movies, uh, sometimes you or TV shows or music or whatever, sometimes you're surprised and they're surprised themselves and they like something. Uh, uh, sometimes they're not, <laughs> which is most of the time. And here we are. And, uh, and I remember during the Creed two episode, uh, during pop culture, happy hour, they just, they both, they basically said, which I, I totally agree with that this movie uh, aped a lot of the stuff that the first movie Creed two aped a lot of stuff that Creed, the original Creed was doing, uh, but it just wasn't as good, which is true. Uh, Ryan Coogler was only the executive producer because he was dealing with Marvel crap. Uh, so, and so now we have these, we have these two movies that are being, that are the same, by, they're virtually the same thing, uh, <laughs> made by virtually the same people. But, it's just one director is different and, and the script is different, but it's, I think it's fine. It's a good movie. I had a good time. I teared up during both. I teared up a lot during the first one. I teared up during both. Uh, very, I, I, I was, I was moving in my seat. I was ducking and diving. Uh, uh, people were talking during the movie. There's four people total in the theater and two people were talking in the back. I don't, what are you talking about? What are you talking? It's just enjoy the movie. You have two and a half hours with these people and enjoy the movie. Well, here was the background. Jesus. Uh, let's move on really quick to, uh, Champaign, Illinois. That is, uh, the new, uh, what should we call it? What's it called? YouTube red show. I believe it is their, I think they have one more Wayne. I believe that's what it's called. They have one more until everything is free. <laughs> Essentially, I, I mentioned this earlier where their uh, YouTube Red is their uh, premium streaming platform. You get uh, no commercials, plus you get original shows and movies and stuff and that wasn't doing too well. So then YouTube said, OK, everything's free. <laughs> um, 
But Champaign, Illinois stars Sam Richardson and Adam Pally as two of best friends whose third best friend became a huge successful rapper. They were all uh, and his posse. And then uh, that successful, who was Jay Farrow? Jay Farrow dies. And then Adam Pally and Sam Richardson are thrown back to the wolves of the world without all this money and all the glitz and glam uh, that come with being a part of a group. Champagne, Illinois is very funny. I, uh, if you have YouTube Red, check it out. If you don't, uh, I think the pilot is free on YouTube right now. So definitely, it's a very funny show. Keith David is in it as well. Curtis Armstrong to uh, Danielle Schneider. Oh, uh, Neil Casey, Rich Summer. Uh, and it's just a bunch. It's a, it's a great show. Wonderful show. I think it's very, very funny. Uh, very dirty. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Who I'm trying to see who it was created by. Uh, Jordan Kahan and David Casp. David Casp is from uh, Happy Endings. So definitely check it out. <laughs> And you know how much I love that show. Definitely check out Champagne, Illinois. It's a wonderful, great show. Uh, two things I want to talk about really quick. I'm going to lump them all, lump them both together. A Bad Mom's Christmas and Daddy's Home too. Now I have now with these. <laughs> I want to preface this with uh, recently in in, in uh, most in recent years, I have taken a stance uh, uh, for not watching things. And, uh, and that have people in it <laughs> that are not good people. And that includes uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> I don't know. I just typed in Mel Gibson. Daddy's home too. Uh, and I have, I think I've, I don't know if I've gone on record by saying, I think I reviewed it. I think daddy's home was a late review for me. Uh, but I, you know, looking back when I first watched it, I thought it was, uh, I just, just had a lot of problems in it, but you know, ultimately over time, I think it's just a fine movie, whatever. Bad Moms, same thing. Just a fine movie. Uh, don't expect much. Obviously, there's going to be sequels and stuff like that. But uh, I watched a, da- a Bad Moms Christmas and Daddy's Home 2. One of them was a waste of my time. One of them I'll be up to finish. And it is turning out to be a waste of my time. They're both horrible films. <laughs> and I'm a guy who likes everything. <laughs> they are pissing me off. They're unfunny. <laughs> Uh, Daddy's Home 2 was written by Sean Anders and John Morris and uh, directed by, let me go ahead and see, Sean Anders. Bad Mom's Christmas was written by Scott Moore and John Lucas, directed by both of those guys. Uh, the so I, I think I mentioned this on the original Bad Mom's review. Soft filter on that movie. Made it look like garbage. Made it feel like a lifetime film. But now this one doesn't have it. But it's subsequently lost the charm and funniness of the first one. Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn did a great job. Christine Baranski, Cheryl Hines, and Susan Sarandon uh, felt kind of forced. The writing there was just for, especially for Susan Sarandon, who was Catherine Hahn's mom, who is the, uh, the whole, the whole crux of these two movies was that the grandparents came into the picture. The old, the parents' parents came into the picture and that's, that's, that's the deal. Do we really need this in this world? I understand. I think I've reported on news time that there's going to be a bad moms averse, bad moms universe. What a waste of my time. What a waste. It was bad moms Christmas. Avoid it. If all you can just wasn't funny. Susan Sarandon's uh, lines were a little bit, were too raunchy. They were when something's trying to be too raunchy, it's just a waste of time. It ends with a dance sequence, which is a com- comedy uh, writing code for, we don't know how to end this. So let's give them a dance sequence. 
Uh, Justin Hartley plays some type of uh, male stripper who's, oh God. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Daddy's home too. Don't even get me started. There is one sequence though. And then, so, all right. So Mel Gibson is basically playing Susan Sarandon too. <laughs> they should have quick thing. They should have a spinoff with both of these movies. Daddy's home three and a bad, and, and it has to be a bad mom's holiday movie. So bad mom's new year's or bad mom's uh, St. Patrick's day where everybody gets together. <laughs> everybody from both of these movies, they get together <laughs> And they have, they have to share like a cabin or something and just keep them in this cabin. No other sets, no other locations. <laughs> keep them in this cabin. Let's see how that works. I think that'd be very funny. I've been thinking about this since the, since the first movies came out. Cause it came out like around the exact same time. And if this happens, I think they should just do it. There is one sequence though. And daddy's home too. That made me laugh so hard. I saw it in clip form when this movie came out and I saw it in the movie and it still made me laugh. The thermostat, there's a bit with a thermostat and only the first part, not the, like the last half, uh, but well, not the last third There's a bit with a thermostat where Mel Gibson wakes up and he's sweating and he goes to the thermostat and he's like, somebody touched it. It's like 85 degrees. Like somebody touched the thermostat. It's Mel is sweating here. And he goes with John Lithgow. John Lithgow is like, somebody touched the thermostat. And then, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and then, uh, Will Ferrell wakes up. He's like, somebody touched the thermostat. And then, uh, they're all freaking out because somebody touched the thermostat. Very funny. That's it. That's the whole joke. Okay. The, these moves are bad. Just don't watch them. Don't waste your time. Please don't. I have to finish daddy's home too. It's been sitting on my, it's been sitting in Amazon for years. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Oh, last thing, uh, before we go to the second half of the show, Conan O'Brien's show got a little bit more information. Uh, this is courtesy of pace magazine. His show's coming back January 22nd, 2019. It's going to be half hour, of course, but we, I, here's a question I have been, I've had since the moment I heard they're going to do half hours. Is it going to be four days a week still? The, the answer to that is yes. Monday through Thursday. Here's a, here's a quote from them. It'll be airing Monday through Thursday, like all self-respecting late night talk shows should. Very good. I agree. I hate it. I said this earlier when I read this this morning when I was pooping. I hate editorializing and, and, uh, and news articles, but that is the, that is the perfect line. <laughs> like all self-respecting late night shows, talk shows should be. TBS tells us we can expect the same basic Conan O'Brien, Tom Fullery. We've learned to love over the last quarter century, just in smaller doses. And of course, without the late night ban, because, uh, Jimmy Vivino, the basic cable band have been like, Oh, and, uh, Andy Richter will be there too. Uh, I assume they're going to be doing more Conan without borders, which is great. So yeah, there we go. That's all we have to look forward to. And of course there's a video that came with it on team Coco's YouTube page. I, sus- I suggest you subscribe to it. Also keep on, uh, keep an eye out for, they have a team Coco, uh, Conan O'Brien archive going up. I've mentioned this before. They have an archive going up later on, uh, next month sometime. So definitely check that out. Uh, let's go to break. Let's take a break. Take a break. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> Eliza, I've got so much on my plate. Alexander, okay, okay. Your son is nine years old today. Here's I'll go stop. <laughs> I do a really good Philippa Sue. I think that's her last name. Philippa Sue. All right, let's go to break. <laughs> okay, I'll see you in a second. Bye. And welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> For you, it was no seconds. For me, it was 14 hours. It's taken me days to record this podcast. 
Hey, let's move on to uh, really quick. I want to talk about, man, one of these was, I have three things I need to talk about. Uh, one of these was a, I'm going to time this <laughs> like I said I would. <laughs> It's too late. It's already started. One of these was uh, the PTV thing, which was the main the main thing I want to talk about. Let's move on to uh, something I talked about on News Time, doing a little follow-up story here because I am professional. Uh, Channing Dungy to, is going to work at Netflix. If you don't know who Channing Dungy is, I reported on this. It was a second story in my uh, Megyn Kelly episode of News Time that I did, uh, which was like two weeks ago at this point, two, three weeks ago at this point, uh, Channing Dungy worked at ABC for just three years. She was a president of HBO, uh, of ABC of HBO. <laughs> just said the name. She was a president of ABC, uh, only black female president in, uh, network TV right now, I think, or in broadcast, whatever she had, she was just know that she was a black female and she had one of the biggest positions in the world <laughs> for television. Uh, and she left after a couple of years, uh, you know, they lost ABC lost Shonda Rhimes. They lost Kenya Barris. Uh, I assume Channing was, f- uh, fighting for them to keep them. They lost a bunch of other black executive, uh, black people that were huge names there, uh, including Cindy Holland. And now, uh, Channing Dungy is going to wait, hold on. <laughs> I think I might be wrong. I don't know if Cindy Holland is that person because there another person. So four people left, including Channing. And one of them went to go work with, uh, work with Netflix or two of them did. Okay. Cindy Holland is, is a white woman. <laughs> I don't know why I said like Cindy Holland. I apologize. I'm glad I got that. So she left last month. And uh, sources tell it, this is from the Hollywood Reporter uh, that Dungy will also have a direct line of uh, to content chief Ted Sarandos. She's going to be starting in February. And now this is uh, so she's going to be working. So guess who's at guess who's at Netflix now? Uh, Shauna Rhimes, Kenya Barris, Gingy uh, Cohan, Stephen Denight, and Marty Knoxon. They all left cable broadcast in order to work <laughs> for streaming, which is uh, great for Netflix horrible for and it's great for uh, Amazon and Hulu too and Crackle and all those other streaming networks because uh, it really does open up a door for this stuff to happen more for them as well even if it's happening to the biggest uh, streamer in the world uh, but this is I, I definitely uh, if you're if you're interested in this stuff I definitely suggest you check it out uh, because Dungy she was doing the best she could on broadcast she couldn't obviously uh, land a lot of stuff over there because broadcast is hard work they have to appeal to so many people whereas in streaming and basically in premium cable essentially you can appeal to a certain uh, sect of person um, this is uh, like I said a very important move for 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 ABC I mean and uh, for Channing and for Netflix for ABC they lose out on of a diverse voice um, and like I, I mentioned Pixar I think I mentioned this for constitutionals but and uh, definitely for news time uh, Pixar is not does not have any of those voices uh, Disney itself does not have any of those voices uh, this is uh, this is it's very important that you're able to uh, talk to a lot of people Um uh, but now we have, uh, you know, Netflix is going to be working with one of the biggest names in broadcast, biggest executives in broadcast. Uh, one thing I want to note is that <laughs> they're putting her with Cindy Holland, who's been in Netflix for a minute. Uh, she's going to be the what is her position? 
she's going to be the vice president or something. Uh, vice president of original content or something like that. I co-vice president of original content. I think that they just made this position up. They saw that Channing was leaving and then they were like, oh God, we gotta, we gotta do something. Let's get her. Let's get her. And we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And they got to the meeting and then uh, Ted's, Ted's like, oh, uh, uh, original programming. We already have that. Oh, vice president. Uh, we already have that. Oh, what about a uh, co-president? <laughs> co-vice president. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Definitely check it out in the notes. Moving on. Uh, there's been a little bit of trouble on, this is also from Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> uh, now, usually, I, only pre- I also want to preface this story <laughs> by saying, I can hear the the workers outside. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, I But I want to preface the story by saying, uh, I never, along with the Megyn Kelly thing, I never usually talk about serious things uh, like somebody dying or sexual assault allegations, which this is this next story is, but is also about writing and about uh, somebody uh, that I liked in a show I really like. And it's a uh, really lengthy and there's there's a lot of stuff in here and it just sucks. This had to happen. <sighs> That's even happened. But uh, here we go. This is uh, this is from Hollywood Reporter. Smilf creator Frankie Shaw investigated over misconduct claims. Uh, basically, the story is that the actress that plays uh, Frankie Shaw's ex-boyfriend uh, in the show, I don't know her name off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay, so she plays Love Interest to Rafi. Her name is, oh my God, I can't find the name. Chad, what in the world is going on? Oh, uh, Sarah Weaving, Samara Weaving, something like that. I don't know. Hold on. Samara Weaving. This is embarrassing. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. Samara Weaving, that's her name. I don't even have to look it up. Samara Weaving, uh, wonderful actress, uh, very funny on the show, but apparently she had this this next upcoming season that's airing soon on Showtime. Uh, apparently she had a couple of sex scenes with uh, Frankie Shaw, who is the creator, writer, producer of the entire show, and uh, and they were mishandled uh, by Frankie herself. And uh, Frankie was reportedly uh, inappropriate and uh, not treating it like it was work or anything like that and something like that. And uh, uh, Ms. Weavings decided to leave the show. She reported it to ABC's uh, ABC's what are they called? ABC produces the show, but it's on Showtime, which is a CBS owned property. I don't know what it's called. Let's see. ABC. ABC Disney's ABC Signature Studios. So, um, is weaving uh, and a and a bunch of crew members reported it to them. And then there's also been a rumor that Rosie O'Donnell uh, reportedly, who's on the show as Frankie's mother, reportedly uh, called up ABC as well. Uh, and and now the show now Showtime's investigating the show and everything and. Uh, it just, it just, you know, this, this really, this really sucks. Uh, I I can't, I can't really, it just, you know, somebody who I, when, when Smilf came on, I was, I was very entranced by it. I love the show. I love what they were, what uh, Frankie was able to do. Tell the story of, uh, you know, a young broke creative person living in an area where she wasn't allowed to be amazing. And now we have, uh, this, 
this type of thing where she, uh, if this is true, got a little power and uh, is not taking it uh, seriously. Uh, but uh, Shaw, she, uh, this is from a Hollywood reporter, remains in charge as Smilf assembles a third season writing staff. And sources say Showtime is in deep talks to put her at the helm of the Bell Jar, a limited series about Sylvia Plath. In July, ABC Signature announced a two year overall deal with Shaw, which I think they have to honor uh, still, no matter what happens. Uh, they like they'll have to pay her out, buy her out, even if uh, if they said, "Hey, we're going to finish, we're going to we're going to finish off the deal." TH and this is also this is very important. This is why I kind of put this thing on here. Uh, THR has learned that multiple staffers have made complaints to WGA about uh, both credit issues and alleged race-based uh, separation, though no formal grievances have been filed. The Guild is said to be encouraging writers to file complaints and possibly to pursue litigation. Several sources say writers of color were put in different rooms from Caucasian writers and felt that their ideas were exploited uh, without pay or credit. Uh, uh, Frankie, of course, uh, and her attorney, they say this is not true. Like they say the allegations aren't true. They say that this race thing isn't true. Uh, separating races isn't true. Uh, but there's, uh, there's one of her friends, one of uh, Frankie's friends who was hired on the show. She, I'm sorry. One of her family friends, she, Frankie's friend, Tahir Jetter who was black and a college friend of Shaw's husband, uh, Zach Strauss, but had no writing crowd on the show, uh, sent an email to THR basically saying that, that, uh, this person was, um, was worked on Smilf for a very short time, but they were put into a room with two black female writers, uh, and, uh, to an office with two black female writers. And, uh, that person didn't think anything, anything of it as it seemed quote, as it seemed that all of the other available offices slash desks have been taken by the time I'd come aboard. So they really, there's no really, there's no real confirmation of this. Um, but it is, uh, oh, you know what? It looks like these, this, uh, sex scenes were with, uh, from Samara Weaving were with, uh, the guy who plays Rafi whose last name is Gomez. Um, yeah. She, okay. So, but, but Shaw was still treating it bad. Okay. Anyway, uh, like I said, that show was a great show and, and uh, Frankie's a very smart person, but you know, if, if this stuff is true, then it, uh, this it's, it's just not the best. <laughs> I can't really say, I can't really say more. I don't know really much more to say, uh, but it's just not the best. And it's a shame. Uh, it's the same thing that happens. You know, you know, this, this, this stuff, you gotta be able to, you know, if you want to, if the, if, if you only take it so far, but uh, for this one, for not being as serious as, Oh God, I'm going to dig myself into a hole. Aren't I? <laughs> um, let's just say that the worse the allegations get for anybody, the more difficult it is for somebody, for a, a fan it, to separate the work from the creator. There we go. There we go. Can't watch Louie anymore. Great. Well, we knew Louie from the beginning. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's pick somebody. Uh, I can't. Okay, this is too much. Let's move on to the last thing. Uh, this is from Vulture. Almost 500 scripted shows aired in 2018, but we still haven't hit peak TV. 
So if you watch news time two years ago, I talked about peak TV uh, because John Landgraf talked about peak TV. He's the head of FX networks. And uh, he mentioned that there were, you know, at one point uh, there were close to 500 shows on the air. I think like, no, I think I'm sorry. I think it was like close to 400, something like that. 400 something. Uh, this year was a record 495 original scripted streaming cable and broadcast series were released original 495 in 2018. That's a slight increase from the 487 that came out in 2017. Uh, this is again, all this research of course comes from FX networks. They're the only ones doing this. (laughs) Only people doing this. Uh, basic cable networks hit the brakes on scripted series in a big way. Basically that's what it's saying. Uh, here are a few bullet points. This is from uh, all these online platforms. They produced 160. That's 32% of the 495 scripted shows, originals. Uh, that beats broadcast broadcasts 146. That's 30%. Basic cable is 144, 29%. And pay TV networks like HBO and Showtime, 45 shows, 9%. Total scripted series output rose a modest 2% year to year. Uh, 2013, the year Netflix jumped headfirst in the originals game, it leapt 17%. It's a lot of shows. I'm looking at this graph. That's a huge show. A huge amount of shows. Uh, broadcast TV was down and uh, pay cable was up 7%. They're relatively steady uh, versus 2018. Basic cable production dropped a dramatic 17% this year. Let's keep going down. By contrast, streaming surged again this year with online platforms growing their scripted portfolios by around 27%, a bit more than last year's 24% spike, but nowhere near 2016's 46% uh, surge, which I would guarantee that all of that, that 46% came from mostly uh, Netflix. And that was around the same time when... um, was that after Amazon's that white dude to Amazon? <laughs> a lot of the sexual accusations come from or were about white dudes, but the white dude to Amazon uh, who canceled Good Girl Revolt, Good Girls Revolt. Oh God, I don't know his name. Ryan James. That's a white. Those are white people names. <laughs> Shut up, Chad. <laughs> Uh, but that's around the same time that, uh, a lot of those shows were brought in, you know, just because Amazon and Hulu wanted to catch up to Netflix. Uh, let's see. All right. The year, the 2016, 2016 saw a number of outlets jump into the marketplace in a major way, including Facebook watch DC universe. And, uh, I'm sorry, 2018 Facebook watch DC universe and YouTube premium jumped in this year. Well, uh, YouTube Premium is already alive, and Facebook Watch already had a couple of shows too. Streamers actually have a bigger market share than these numbers suggest. By the way, that's because FX doesn't count shows dubbed into English, like Narcos Mexico or Babylon Berlin. Uh, one of those I've heard of. One of them is called Babylon Berlin. <laughs> Even if they're produced by an American platform such as Netflix, if you count those shows as scripted originals, the total peak TV tally is in 2018 uh, past 500 shows. I think they should count those because those are major shows, aren't they? Especially Narcos Netflix. Narcos, <laughs> Narcos Netflix. <laughs> it's just an entire season of Narcos, but it takes place inside the Netflix building in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think it's off of Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Why do I know this? <laughs> An entire season, just uh, like all on uh, those 15 floors. 
Streaming's rise to dominant player uh, in the scripted space has been stunningly swift. In 2014, online services represented just 8% of all scripted production, the smallest of any platform. Four years later, streamers have quadrupled their share on the market up to 32% with Disney, Apple, and AT&T all set to make the push into online platforms next year. That number should go even higher. So like it says, uh, scripted is becoming this huge thing. Huge. Huge. Scripted. I remember when uh, just years ago, there like scripted shows were weren't coming out as often, and it was all reality shows. I want to say maybe ten years ago, it was all reality shows, all mostly reality shows. <sighs> Sitting over there, but I mean, still broadcast still has it. Like, look at Fox; they still have a lot. They have a lot of reality shows, especially now that they're breaking away from uh, the mainstay. Uh, but yeah, peak TVs uh, hit us and it's not going to stop anytime soon. I still do want to throw my hat into the ring. I have two show ideas uh, <laughs> that are ready to go. They have, I have several scripts for both of them. <laughs> Please. Anybody <laughs> Disney, if you want them, I'll give them to you. <laughs> I know I did just talk about the black Panther. Like it's not a good movie. It's a fine film. Uh, still, it's a superhero movie uh, where the main, the bad guy is the carbon copy of the uh, main person. But anyway, we should definitely work together. Disney, <laughs> please. Hey, listen, if you like what you heard here, I don't know why you would check out the website, cpluscomedy.com where I've got the latest, uh, news times, latest podcasts, all the other stuff. Speaking of the podcast, this is the podcast. You can also listen to the back catalog of this show, as well as the application podcast. Both live on, uh, that website, as well as any podcast player you like Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pocket casts, all the good podcast players. You can uh, watch us uh, watch a video version of this show over there on youtube.com slash C plus comedy. You get nothing special for watching it, but you get to see my bright shining face. You can also watch news time over there on youtube.com slash C plus comedy. News time is the premiere show for C plus comedy, which is uh, it's a show. It's like uh, the daily show. Last week tonight, full frontal with Samantha B, except way less funny. Focus on one story. Try to tell jokes. Uh, news time, like I said, last week for the next couple of weeks will be pre-tapes, a bunch of pre-tapes. This week's was a blooper, blooper reel. So you can definitely see that. I worked hard on it. Definitely check it out. It's very funny. I enjoyed it. I sing, I dance, I uh, make jokes that are not intentional. Definitely check it out. Next week, it'll be uh, plus five, which will which means I got to make that episode for this podcast. <laughs> That's a Christmas episode. I'll come out to Christmas. And then the uh, week after that will be more bloopers. And then the week after that will be uh, first episode of the year. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Definitely check all that stuff out. Uh, and now if you're on the audio version, stay tuned for something special. I interviewed Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan of broken lizard comedy troupe. It's very true. It happened yesterday. And, uh, we had a discussion about their stand up special that just came out a couple of weeks ago. I have, this has been something now that it's over and now that it's over. I can talk about it. It's something that I've been trying to set up for about three or four weeks now. <laughs> It's insane. Like at least a month of me going back and forth with their people, with their, with the publicists going, Hey, are they available now? Are they available now? Are they available now? 
And finally, they were available a week before Christmas. Uh, definitely. I mean, so that interview will hopefully go up sometime next week. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see when I have time. I got to I'm going to be working for the next two weeks, essentially day in, day out over there at the uh, place where I work. <laughs> Not going to talk about it. <laughs> You already know. If you listen to the application, you already know where I work now. Um, but yeah, definitely listen to the end of this uh, for a couple of minutes of us uh, shooting the breeze. I will mention before I before I go, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to tell the story, but I was talking. So, so I. <laughs> I call into the conference line. And so I figure, you know, you know, at least one of the person is going to be listening. Uh, and then uh, I talk to the guys and then I go, okay, guys, I think that's what I think I got it. We're good. And then <laughs> we're saying our goodbyes. And then right before the two of them hang up, cause they're on two different lines. I hear like three other people hang up. <laughs> and like I said, it's a conference line. So all I hear is people like disconnecting, like do, 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 <laughs> just quick disconnects. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Who is listening? How many people were listening in? <laughs> like, what if I'd made a mistake? <laughs> I'm always worried about that doing an interview. I'm always worried about messing up and, uh, and, and saying something stupid where, where somebody curses me out. And, and I'm all, now I'm worried about a thousand people listening in. <laughs> I was so check out my interview with Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy of the Broken Lizard Comedy Troupe. This is the breakout part for the uh, Instagram. <laughs> so definitely check it out. It's a great interview. It'll be coming out next week. Hopefully, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. Follow us on Twitter at Seaplus Comedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Continue listening to the... <laughs> I just hit the microphone. Continue listening to the podcast. Uh, YouTube.com slash C plus comedy. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Instagram at C plus comedy. We'll find you later. Bye. <laughs>